an idea of what's on what I'm what, what's on my side. Yeah. Do, do you feel comfortable sitting like that, or do you want me to move more towards the brick wall here? Well, I was thinking that might be more comfortable for you, but if it's not, it's Fangraphs Audio. I'm Carson Sestouli, and it being Friday, this is what the listeners will typically know as the Fantasy Friday edition of Fangraphs Audio, when we ask and and hopefully have answers to questions about fantasy baseball. In addition to Fantasy Friday, this also turns out to be Casual Friday. It's a day that you might describe as blueberries and cream here in Madison, Wisconsin, where I reside, and where, it turns out, uh, an actual league mate of mine, a fantasy league mate, my friend from Portland, Oregon, Danny Wojtek, is serving as a house guest uh, for the long weekend. And what follows, you will not only hear me, Carson Sestouli, your host, you will also hear my friend Danny Wojtek, and you'll hear us discuss a, a number of matters, not actually all that tangential so far as fantasy baseball is concerned. You will also hear some ambient noise, and that ambient noise is the uh, is in fact the sound of Midwesterners enjoying themselves, drinking of beer, eating of brats, on the shores of Lake Mendota at the Memorial Union in Madison, Wisconsin. It's Fantasy Friday edition, Fangraphs Audio, with my friend Danny Wojtek and league mate in a very important sneeze league, sneeze fantasy league, right now on Fangraphs Audio. I think it allows them to see... You know, because they're used to writing, like, poems about nature and, like, you know, like, when they're in lower school, they, like, write poems about the beach. Yeah. You know, and sort of, like, I think it's similar, I think it's, I think it's something that they can see that is similar, Mm -hmm. but it's done in a completely different, a different fashion. Uh, I should say, um, I'm I'm here on the shores of Lake Mendota. I'm here, Carson Stilley, here with my friend Danny Wojtek. Yeah. Uh, from uh, We Were Friends of Portland. And apropos of the Fantasy Friday podcast, uh, we, are in a, we are in a fantasy league together. Right. Sneeze it's league. still Fantasy Friday, right? Sneeze it league. Is. This is. Yeah, this is Fantasy Friday, um, and, and we're here to talk about this. It's experimental. This episode of the podcast is experimental in a number of ways. Uh, one, because I think this is, the fir- this is the first time we've ever recorded outside. We actually have proper microphone, uh, but outside... Uh, we are on the terrace at Memorial Union. Have you uh, recorded in person before? Is that something like no. maybe in spring training or no? In fact, and, and I didn't. Um, and that's another thing is that uh, uh, long time. What do they say? Long time. Long time listener. Long time listeners. Caller. Long time. Long time <laughs> first times will know that uh, there has been in the last years so there's been an equipment upgrade. Uh, but I did not realize this equipment uh, would be so effective at capturing just two people's voices. Although I should note that if there is, I think because I think there is going to be some ambient noise, mm-hmm. um, but it, it doesn't sound like a problem. No. Um, and also, uh, what was I going to talk to you about? What was I, I going to say? Oh, um, sharing sharing the microphone. It's sort of like a... It's a little bit intimate. Yeah. I feel like maybe you're Steve Van Zandt, or you're Bruce Springsteen and I'm Steve Van Zandt. And we're, oh, yeah. si- and we're singing <laughs> glory days together. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'll do. Um, I'm not, not going to remember this, but I'll do glory days at the beginning. For sure, <laughs> sharing the, the mic. mic. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe more like Steven Tyler and who was the other guy? This is the guitar player. Joe Perry. Joe Perry. Yeah. yeah. Steven Tyler, uh, real name I believe, Steven Tallarico. Yeah. Owns a number of car dealerships in New Hampshire. Nah, uh, he's a man of the man of the of your. Ethnicity. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, it's really, really Italian sounding. And my home state too. Yeah, Tallarico yeah. owns a car dealership. 
definitely not as risen. There's definitely no stereotypes there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> at the at the root, he's still that guy. Um, now, Dini, is this your first opportunity to what at least I I consider, from my experience, one of the best uh, public spaces in America? This is your first time here. Yeah, I've I've been to Madison maybe once or twice before when I was in college, but it was just for like to go to yeah. parties. Yeah, right, right, and that's yeah. 10, 15 years ago now, basically. Yeah, I'm old. Yeah, you're old. You're getting you're not you're not the oldest. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the oldest guest on Fantasy Friday. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it's been since I was an undergraduate, and this is my first sort of grown up grown up trip. Right, and it should be noted we've just uh, enjoyed some uh, some bratwursts. Uh, yeah, some delicious brats with uh, mustard and onions and I had some kraut, crisp kraut, as Bob Uecker would say. Uh, we're also enjoying some. Is it an Enninger? Usinger, Usinger, Usinger sausage might have been Usinger, might have been. I just they probably are gonna come get me. Might have been Clements. Mispronouncing that. Might have been Clements. Um, we're also enjoying a Lining Kugel's Honey Vice, um, yeah. which is not it's not a bad beer. It's a nice summer beer. I'd Summary. Say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really uh, it's really brilliant out here uh, by uh, um, by by the shores of Lake Mendota. Yeah, the sailboats out. They really are. Some are yeah. moored. And I think I think that. So, uh, on the one hand, a listener might suggest that it is uh, unprofessional of me not only to um, record in what is probably a less than opportune setting, although I think fine, uh, but also just to just to um, make my friend Danny the guest. Yeah, just a spring. <laughs> yeah, sending a say, text message the night before. Yeah, I just to say that, uh, as opposed to one of like the many contributors to uh, the fantasy <laughs> specific site at Fangraphs. But I think that. Um, um, if, there, if, if nothing else, uh, um, the thing that we need, to, we must derive from baseball is pleasure. Right. Uh, that's the priority, right? It's not. It's not. Baseball does not come first, and then our pleasure, um, unless maybe you're like a Twins fan right now. Right. Um, but but you still hold on for some reason. If you're a Twins fan right now, you still follow it. Yeah, I'm not a Twins fan. You're, you're a Cubs fan. I'm a Cubs fan. You know, you're a Cubs fan, yeah. which is, has been similar. Right, but I, I think um, something that I've some taken from our friendship has been the uh, sort of being the neutral, the, the whole neutral idea of the neutral supporter. Yeah, and just enjoying enjoying athletes doing things for the sake of for the sake of the aesthetic. Right, and and also sort of like the. Uh, just the spreading out of your interest sort of shields me from the pain, everyday pain yeah, that it is. Being yeah, a Yeah, although fan. I think that you, and this is something that happened, I know, when I was a Red Sox fan, and, and actually the same Theo Epstein took over, you, there was like, I knew that my allegiances were in better hands at that point. Yeah, well, yeah, I, th- I feel like it's a much it's a much better, it's, it's an entirely different experience watching this team suck as opposed to... Right, because they're, they're kind of sucking for a reason. Yeah, and there's like at least players that I haven't seen before uh-huh. that are playing for them, and they're, you know, there's clearly a plan behind it. And like this, something when they fired Jim Hendry, I was just kind of like, just to hire somebody who has a plan. Right. You know, it, Anyone, it could be. Right. Yeah, like I was, I wasn't sort of like, I wasn't sort of just thinking about Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. Like, I thought that you know, just somebody besides. Right, well, like, Somebody Jerry, with an idea. like Jerry DePoto, who the Angels hired. Um, right, or, or uh, Rick Hahn, who was sort of in the in the running for, yeah. or was rumored to be in the running right. for a little while, or 
even some of the those sort of a guys who are on the lesser known end right. of the executive spectrum. Right. Yes. But they still we just think well I know Jerry DePoto because Jerry DePoto comes out of scouting. Um, right. But well, I was even thinking about when Kevin Towers before Kevin Towers took the the Diamondbacks job. It's like right. okay, Kevin Towers has some he's Yeah, got, and at least he 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 sort of has shown inclinations of you know, thinking differently and taking care taking advantage of he listens to people. He listens, and you know, he builds bullpens and doesn't spend money on bullpens generally. Right. And, and look at what he did in one—I mean, basically one year, right? Yeah. He had—they had, I think, not just like a the league worst, but I think like historically bad bullpen. And he came in. He installed. He got a cheap JJ Puts, David Hernandez. David Hernandez, sure. Um, and then just like some, like David Carpenter, or is it Carpenter? Is there a Carpenter there? Karen. There's like, there's like Karen Carpenter. Who's that? Oh, she's like, like from the Carpenters. Yeah, she's not a relief pitcher. I'm not gonna. That's the, that music will not be appearing <laughs> in this particular edition. Um, but right, so your fandom, so your fandom is at least a little bit safer now. It's in safer hands. Yeah, yeah, and you know, not living in not living in Chicago, I'm definitely shielded from sort of like the rabid kind of. It's probably more fun, right? Or at some level, it's like. It's, you're able to be a Cubs fan more easily, not because you live. In, why should we say you live in Portland now? Um, but it's easy to be a Cubs fan, not being in that area. Because you said you listened to like five minutes of sports radio the other day. Oh God, and it was I right. just, my ears right. turned inside out. Well, yeah, because but, the trade because you hear trade talk and what was it one yeah. you heard? You told me. Oh, it was uh, who was it? It was like there's like four different trades, and it wound up the Cubs dealing both Garza and Dempster for. Quentin Berry. Quentin Berry, right. Who's going to lead them to the promised Detroit land. Detroit outfielder Quentin Berry. Yeah. Yeah. Who is a Who's, decent player in his own right, but not a right. not a ch- team changer. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the Cubs were referred to by another caller as a winning team because, because, the, because yeah. they loved the last 12 games that they've won eight of or something yeah, like right, that. Right, right. They, they have the same winning percentage in their last 12 games that the Yankees actually do. Yeah, and it's just like, it, it doesn't seem that it's ever really sunken in. Like, that's something that I remember, remember having inclinations about when I was a kid. You right. know, it's just like, this is, this, it's 10, the game is, I, I just remember the season being long. <laughs> and I didn't know how many games they played, but when I was right. a kid, I was just like, okay, they've won four in a row. Yeah. There's many more games. Right, yeah. There's just so many games. There's so many games, right. I just don't understand the mentality of, just looking at that and being... Mm-hmm. Did, oh, There's a bug here. It's, it's a, fine. It's just, it's just a bug. Yeah, I don't care for them. Okay. Oh. Ah. You should have taken a shower. They won't, st- <laughs> they won't sting you if you're There's clean. There's a yellow jacket swarming us here. <laughs> surrounded. He's going to surround it. The, uh, yeah, so you're doing that. But right, but do, do, well, we got talking to that because you had mentioned that uh, maybe now, even, even though probably if you're going to cheer for a team or when you cheer for a team, it's the Cubs... You're able to sort of to derive pleasure from other teams. Yeah, there's other teams that I really like to watch. Right. You know, or for or player or just player, just individual players. Well, you wanted to yesterday. Um, I wanted to watch the A's. You wanted to watch the A's. Yeah. Because the A's have been interesting as of late. Yeah. Shoot, Shooby. I think that's a uh, is that a hornet? yellow jacket? Yellow yeah. jacket. Yellow jacket. Yeah, yeah. It's not the only wasp on this patio right now. <laughs> it should hey, be noted. <laughs> hey, not too many Catholics out here. No. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah, are we the only two? No. But, um, <laughs> but right, yeah, the, yeah. So the A's are interesting right now. The A's unexpectedly powerful with players like Josh Reddick, 
I think demonstrating, you know, clearly demonstrating a lot more power than you'd assume. Chris, Car- Chris, Chris Carter, Carter. last night. Right. But uh, even just guys like, even like, like watching Brandon Moss and just like seeing guys that you've never seen before. Right. Like being aware of their name and seeing them and the, seeing their profile page. and Right. You can kind of file them away and mental yeah. Role yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I think fantasy is fun because it sort of makes you aware of, of players that I then go like to watch. You know, right. it's sort of a vehicle for sort of making yourself aware of of, of people. That right. You well, that's the thing. I I know that the, the thing that I've that I've liked about fantasy, especially since I've played in like sort of gotten beyond like you know twelve team five by five type leagues, right? Like deeper leagues. Yeah, and I've never played in any. You never. Played I've never played like, in yeah. that format before. But like leagues where that acknowledge prospects as a thing, where it's good to have prospects. Right. Like that was always. That's always that's that's been more fun for me, and and that really helps you. It really provides an entry point into the game as a whole, because I know I remember like the first time it happened, uh, I picked up Curtis Granderson, like just when he was promoted uh-huh. uh, with the Tigers, and like he'd been a. Decent this is when you're a fi- in a five by five league. No, or this, this is this is sneeze. sneeze. Yeah, yeah. Sneeze, and we should say sneeze is the league we're in together. Sneeze league. Yeah. Called that for reasons I don't know. And it's a linear weights. It's a, we'll get to the format. Oh, we're gonna, so let's okay, get to let's not talk about that. Let's no. talk about Curtis Granderson. <laughs> well, I found Curtis Granderson, and it was like that was like the greatest thrill. Because Curtis Granderson... Because he's kind of awesome, too. He was awesome, but for whatever reason, he had not been particularly... Um, hyped? H- hyped, yeah. yeah. Even though even though he kind of has skills, like, that you would think would be. Well, he's, he went to a northern... He went to UIC. Oh, he did. He went That's to college... Right. Like, so you, I think he was sort of under... Undercovered. Right. Because he went to, like, a northern college and... Right, precisely. And... But he, he had... I mean, you know, he had speed... Had power. He could play center field. Um, I guess he had contact. He had contact in contact platoon, r- serious platoon issues, right, right. right? And he's kind of addressed both of those. Yeah. And his power has grown pretty considerably. Um, but that was like the first time where, like, where, or at least one of the first times where, where playing in a fantasy league was really able to give me a. A sort of entree into baseball that I wouldn't have gotten just from being a. Yeah, and then you want to go watch a Tigers game. Did it? Yeah, precisely. Yeah. yeah. Well, because you see, like, I saw that he was called up or like he was added to the player ya- the Yahoo player list. Sure. I'm like, who's Curtis Granderson? And then you know, you check his stats and you're like, oh, this is Curtis Granderson. Like, he's doing this in the minors and uh, and that was and that was fun. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I want to like I want to watch a Tigers game or at least at that point I don't know if MLB TV was even really a thing or. If, if my computer could handle it, at least. Yeah. So then, you know, you at least follow the box score that night or try and listen through the radio or sure. whatever. Well, and I think, yeah, I think that in the combination of... Um, the combination of sort of being in a fantasy league with prospects and then um, being in a city without a major league team and for a while minor league team has was sort of like... This is for you in Portland. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Just like being in Portland and being in a, a, a team that used to have a Pacific Coast League team, um, uh, right. team. Um, just like being aware of who's coming through. And AAA right. generally doesn't have all the prospects the come through. But decent. And I yeah. remember, I remember a guy like that for you was Alexi Agando. Yeah, you saw Alexi Agando play in Portland because he was. 2000, with, I think it was two thousand nine or two thousand, maybe two thousand ten. Yeah, you were there and you saw him pitch. Maybe in relief, or did he start? He started. That no, was a reliever. He's a reliever. Yeah, right. He re- he was a reliever with Oklahoma City. That was, was just, it, yeah, because it was yeah before was the affiliates a, yeah. changed. Yeah. yeah, it was Oklahoma City. And I remember you emailing me, and I think you wrote something about him on a a, a Portland Sportsman. 
Portland's yeah. Portsmouth Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were super excited. Well, I wrote a love. I think I wrote a love letter. Yeah, too. you might have. Yeah. Um, and kind of rightly so because the name Alexia Gondo, like, unless you were kind of a prospect. Well, and then I and then I picked him up. I mean, he wasn't a young guy, but um, I think he was like 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was uh, just like freely available. Right. You know, as a reliever. As a reliever. Um, and that was super fun because seeing him in person without ever even knowing that he existed before and his story was super crazy like right. he had he had faked his he had uh, he had been people trafficked or <laughs> right well he had been he had been what signed as a international free agent yeah as, a, as like a 17 year old he was an A's he was an A's outfielder right and then he uh, wait that's true he was an A's outfielder yeah he got signed by the A's as an outfielder and then got uh Played a couple of years and then was found to like went away for went back to the Dominican for the winter and then tried to sneak people into. Well, he got he married. Part of a, yeah, watch, watch out with your your all your you do you moving right. around a lot, Danny. All right, I'm fidgeting, so I'm you not can, gonna touch. You can just find a position. Well, I'm it just, right. you're disturbing right. the table. All right, sorry. Um, but anyway, yeah, it doesn't matter what Alexia Gondo's story is. The point was is that he got, I got to read his story, and yeah. he got brought back. He pitched for like four years in the Dominican Summer League because he wasn't allowed back, and then he got Rule Five. Oh right, 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 right. And then the and then the Rangers picked him up yeah. somehow. Was it the Rule Five, or maybe he, they just released? Maybe the A's just released. Him in any case, the Rangers somehow acquired him. Yeah, and I saw him in Oklahoma City, and he was He's, just like throwing ninety six. Right. And there's not a lot of guys that throw ninety six in Triple A. Like, even right. relievers. I think the only guy I ever saw do that was w- Waldis Joaquin, or however you spelled his name. Yeah, and, I, and I saw uh, Henry Rodriguez oh, pitch right. for the Sacramento River Cats, and he that was the only guy I ever saw hit 100 on the... This is the stadium gun, but... I think that gun was decent. What's that? The gun in there was decent. Yeah, the, I mean, it was from the gun... Yeah, I think it was okay. Yeah, yeah. But he did. He hit 100 on it. He hit 100 on it, um, and that was... That was he couldn't throw strikes, obviously, or right. has trouble. He has trouble doing it, but he, uh, I guess. But he throws hard. The other and and just like you don't see that many guys that throw hard at AAA right. because it's not really yeah. prospecting. So, all right. So let's start. We'll 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 lay down sneeze league, and I, I think that one of the conversations that the sneeze could start, or you know, is um, every fantasy league has different settings. Sure. Right. We have been have a commissioner, Josh, Josh U. Josh, yeah. Josh in, the, in the AA parlance. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. We'll, we'll protect his anonymity. Not that he's an AA. He's not. No. But Josh Yu was a... I think he actually dropped out, but he was a PhD math student. At, not dropped out of AA. Dropped no, out of graduate no, no, school. No, he's, he still needs to be an AA, <laughs> desperately. Um, but he was a PhD math student at Northwestern. And, and he actually was working on a project at, in the math department on... Uh, sort of constructing, constructing the best arrangement of like rules and constraints for a fantasy league, like to create the optimal fantasy right. league, keeper, keeper style. I mean everything, yeah. right? Um, and so, at the simultaneous to this, he was in charge of sneeze, which he, which he uh, actually sort of took over from this guy Julian, who I don't think you ever overlapped with. No, Julian was also Julian is another math nerd. They met. Maybe at Chicago as undergrads or something like that. And Julian, the entire time I was in Sneeze League before you showed up, Julian 
uh, made all of his money um, playing online poker, uh, living with four other guys in a, in a ha- big house in Bangkok. Yeah. Do you know it, about that? No, because it's something you do. Yeah, if you know math. <laughs> if you know math, right. If you know math and you know the rules, yeah. He might still live there. But just a, so he's a weird oh, guy. Oh, he was playing from Bangkok. He was playing Sneeze from Bangkok. He was playing Sneeze, yeah. yeah. At some point he had lived in Chicago or maybe they went to Emory or I forget. Anyway, so so Sneeze, is, Sneeze essentially is a is linear, way, is linear weights league. Sure. Um, is a linear weights league. Um, but I think maybe before that data would have been widely available. Uh, so Julian had to kind of um, derive it on his own. Uh-huh. The different so before so before the the formula or the cause of the like before the, the book test was formula, published, right. probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think at this point, what's it called? Um, baseball by the numbers or uh, the book by Palmer and Thorne? Pete oh, yeah. Palmer and, Pete and uh, John, John Thorne. Yeah. Right. They did baseball by the numbers or baseball, whatever it's called. Right. Um, where they submitted a linear weights uh, a formula or matrix kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we essentially play by that. So we play we play a points league uh, on Yahoo, and there are a couple other constraints though that make it interesting. So it's about it's usually a twenty team league. I think it's twenty teams now. Yeah, has been twenty teams. Um, if you win, you start over. You start over. If you win, you lose all your players. Right. Um, if you win, you lose all your players. The draft, the draft order, is the previous year's order of finish. Except for the winner who drops the twentieth pick. Right. right. So if you finish second, you pick first overall the next right. season. Right. And that's to, that's to encourage people to try and win. Yeah. I think a lot of that is to is to push people to try and win. Yeah. Go for it. Right. And then so those are so those are two of the sort of rules that that make it strange. And then the third one is we have a young player designation. Right. And anybody anybody any baseball player is available too. Right, we'll get to that set. Well, let's talk about young players. Right, right, let's talk yeah, about young yeah, players. Youth. If right, if you're 27 or under. So like for this year, if you have a player 85, right? Yeah, for this year. But now if you have a guy on your team who's born in 1986 or later, he could be on your roster next year for free. For free. Now, if you have a guy earlier than 86, you uh, uh, you give up your first round your first pick your first pick for one guy for one guy if it's two guys it's first and second pick right right and and again that's so that's all and that also fosters this sort of uh, an interest in prospects sure right because it's like greatly to your uh, to your advantage to have um, to have talented young players right so I, I, what I've always what I've always sort of seen it as was uh, or sort of conceptualized it in my mind is like sort of to mirror free agency so like once he's 27 he's a free agent right right and so you get club con- you get team control you get team right you team control until then until then and then after that you gotta pay him right right and you pay it by surrendering a draft pick and usually people don't do that yeah well this is my third year and the first few years Nobody really held on, especially last year. I think nobody really held on to old guys, and it made the draft really fun. It made the draft really fun because because there, there were so many guys available, so many old guys, older guy pre eighty four right. guys available that year. Right, and it should be noted that because because the winning team um, has to surrender all its players anyway, then 
it's a guarantee that there's going to be, you know, X number of good players available right, in the draft. Right. Um, and generally, and generally, what happens is guys who guys who go for it sort of trade off their young guys if they don't get rid of them at the draft. Then during the year, because there's generally not really good young guys available. Oh yeah, even well, from the team that wins. Right. So, for example, and what Danny was about to mention is our proxy system. Right. So, to take a case, um, when, at some point it was clear that Steven Strasburg was going to be the number one overall pick in the majors. Right. Um, even while he was still in college, yeah, as I think it was a sophomore because it was the year before. It was the year before he was drafted. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody picked him up when he was a sophomore in right. college. Leo, Leo, my friend Leo, Leo Martin actually, who used to write for Docrafts. Right. Um, um, Leo, he proxied Steven Strasburg, which means Steven Strasburg is not available in the Yahoo system. Right. What you do is you pick up kind of a junk player. You know, you pick up, uh, uh, you know, Seth McClung. Oh yeah. Yeah. You pick up Seth McClung, <laughs> and you um, you say. Uh, you, and you don't. You, he's on your roster, but he's not in one of your active slots. Right. You put him on the bench. You put him on the bench. You That's say, another thing that. Go ahead. Seth McClung is Steven Strasburg. Right. Um, for and, years, and, for years, the the, the most uh, popular proxy uh, was Sal Fasano. Sal Fasano oh, yeah. was everybody's favorite proxy. I saw Sal Fasano in Portland in his last year of pro ball. He didn't play for the Beavers, did he? No, he played for the Colorado Springs Sky Oh, yeah, that's Sox. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and Mark Bowen were actually shared a team together, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. That was that year. Yeah. I think he owns a limo service as well. That There's no other job he really could have. <laughs> unless he was... Actually, he's a, I think he's a coach now. I think he's a minor league coach. He seems like he'd be a good coach. Those catchers who stick around yeah, those forever. Like, yeah, those uh, backup catchers. Right. They'd be around forever. Yeah. And they're probably always talking about how bad they were at baseball, even though they're really good at it. Well, they're good... For normal, relative to normal people. Yeah, yeah. Um, Those guys tend to be the most like self-deprecating. They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Baseball players. Right. They were just there. They happened to be there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So 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 with that proxy system, you you can have some fun sometimes by the player you choose to pick up. It's yeah, actually, Matt, Matt Merton is a popular because he's proxy. in Japan. Yeah, there's lots of guys from Chicago that play. So. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We do have a guy, lots of guys from Chicago in our league, um, and therefore. And therefore, actually, as for me, as someone not from Chicago, uh, the, the notable thing has, has been knowing, like, in this, you know, in any league you join, there are going to be certain biases among among, the, sure. among your, competi- your, your uh, competition. Right. And in this particular league, Chicago players are treated differently than others. They're either overvalued. Cubs, you know, prospe- Cubs prospects? Cubs prospects. So, um, so Felix P.A., you know, for years, was either he was he was, first he was probably overvalued, and then he was like disparaged above and beyond what he probably deserved. Right. You know, because well, he wasn't really he wasn't really given a real chance, or it was a weird chance in Chicago, right? Uh, yeah, for like maybe like a half a season. Was that like two thousand seven? Right, but they would abandon him really quickly, and Dusty yeah. Baker didn't. Oh, yeah, so I hated for him. him. And Same thing with Angel Pagan too. Pagan played in Chicago. Exactly. Whoa, really? Yeah. He was in that system? Did he come up in that system? I don't know. I, he played... In 2007, he played some right field for them. Like, before they went out and got Fukudome. So he was there? Yeah. Really? Yeah, and I don't know whether they traded him... I think they traded him for, you know, no, nobody for notable to, yeah. to New York. Right, now now on Alpagon, or Really Pagan, valuable baseball is, player. Yeah, I mean, he's 
he's good. If, if, if you're not paying him anything, that's yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he probably would have produced the same as Fugadome did for $12 million less, fewer dollars. $12 million fewer dollars. Not less yeah. dollars. Um, so, so, yeah, so we have this proxy system where... Now, on the one hand, maybe it makes sense to pick up Steven Strasberg two years ahead of time. That's debatable. Right, because he's going to move fast. And you could trade him to someone. Yeah. You could probably get him in a trade. You could trade you for someone else's older guy. But that definitely has the, the structure of the league and the fact that a number of the guys in the league are a little bit on the dorky side. Prospect dorks. Prospect dorks. We yeah. see it go the other direction. So you see... Well, you, in fact, although your, your team is generally sane, you, for example, recently picked up Carlos Correa. Number yeah. one overall pick by the, uh, by the Houston Astros. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to hold on to him for the long haul. Right, but you have but him as a possible trade chip. Yeah. Well, and the thing is is that I never... I was I was in the process of trying to win this year, and it didn't really... Turned out not to work. Yeah, it didn't really pan out. Yeah. So. so I, you know, picked up a couple prospects. Just to see what you could do with them? Yeah, and then I... I, I my Basically, my strategy... Because there's guys who sort of pick prospects in the draft. They use their draft picks... On, right. on prospects, and that's something that we should probably uh, note that there's no waiver system in this league. It's a free for all right. as soon as the draft is over, so you can pick up and drop guys willy nilly yeah. whenever you want. And I think that that's what that is. It's like a, just sort of like an implicit recognition of the fact that you trust everyone to make yeah. smart decisions, right? And there's no vetoes. I don't think there's any trade. There's no. I we're, definitely complained we're men. one time. We're men. Because I was in, I was in, it was actually a year I ended up winning, but I was in second place at the time. And someone traded Alex Rodriguez to the owner right ahead of me. And I, uh, I submitted a complaint. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was not my proudest, my own proudest moment. That's probably going to be noisy. I, it was not my own proudest moment. Yeah, because you're kind of. I freaked out a little weird, bit. Weird wuss. Well, I thought... Situation? Weird, situation. Wuss. A weird what, Oh, yeah. <laughs> weird wuss. Um, but uh, it ended up working out okay. Um, but you were going to say something about the roster, roster size? Oh, right. Like, I think as opposed to, like, really some other, like, really deep keeper leagues, there's... You can only... The, the ratio between your roster spots and guys who actually score points in your league is relatively low. So the guys who actually load up on prospects don't score points with regular base with regular major leaguers. Mm-hmm. Those those guys aren't taking up a minor league spot. The, like a lot of, I know a lot of keeper leagues have like spots for minor leaguers. Right, right, right. This there's there isn't this We don't have that. We don't have that. It's right. just, that guy is a roster that guy takes up a roster spot. So you're actually sacrificing the points that a major league player would have would have accumulated during right. that year for the sake of having him on a roster. And so a thing that's happened, and I think the problem is, had become progressively more um, noticeable up till this year, was that as soon as guys um, suspected that they were not going to be competitive, they would essentially abandon all of their roster spots you know, maybe have one or two high-profile guys who they could trade, you know, before the deadline. Our deadline's the 31st of August, I think. August 15th? August 15th, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they would most they would just... They would give up totally on the chances of competing in a year 
Right. But what this, what has happened because of that, because so many guys were doing that, is it's actually been able to, it's become possible now to be competitive immediately because there's so many sort of like slightly above average players just available on the waiver, waiver wire or via trades, sort of meaningless trades. Right. Small trades. Marginal small trades. So, so what's happened is, so for example, I won last year. Right. Um, I won last year, and th- therefore, during the offseason, sur- um, all the players were removed from my roster, mm-hmm. um, w- became available to other people in the draft. And this I was is a terrible part of the si- conversation, by the way. You don't like this part. <laughs> well, you don't like this part, and yeah. probably most other people in Sneeze League would not like this part. Right. Um, so what happened was, uh, and so I drafted last. But for whatever reason... It was a, it was a pretty good year to draft, and beyond that, this so year? many so many guys immediately in the draft just started taking prospects. Right, they were not taking best available player at all. Right, they were well, they were taking prospects and then they're they're saving their first round picks for trades. Sure, but so the point is, I was able to construct a roster like merely with the twentieth pick, merely from the from the draft that and and you know with a couple of like decent waiver wire picks along the way. Like maybe a and couple free for all. You got some good free for all stuff, I think. We'll talk about the free for all in a second, though. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and then maybe a couple small trades, but nothing crazy. Um, so now I'm in second place. Right. You're also not. You're also using all your. You're also using all your roster spots right now, and all your. So what Danny is mentioning is that we have like like so most leagues. It's a it's a where. There's multiple spots in e- for each position, except for third base, I think, right? Right. Um, but there's a there's a games limit for each each position. Yeah. So it's a it's a two catcher league, but it's only 115 games for each, each slot at each slot. So right. it's 230 games total for catchers. So if you think Joe Mauer's gonna play 150 games, then you can f- fit somebody in for 80 games, and right. you're you're, you're set. Right. Um, but I you. You're getting to a point, I think, I've noticed, where you're running out of games. I might be close to running out of games. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, in, in any case, well, it's because I didn't expect to be here anyway. So right. I was just get, I was trying to make sure that I reached my cap. Well, you can, yeah, and you can scare, and you can, I think you can kind of scare people off. Yeah. If they're not looking into mm-hmm. it and yeah, looking into innings. Yeah, that's true. Or the games limits. Like they, they just look at the scores? Yeah. 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 The, I think, the overall point totals? Yeah. Because right now, I'm going fi- to fit, fit up. Uh, fill up my games played for my position players, mm-hmm. and I'm way behind everybody right now, in terms of my in terms of my games played. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. So you're on a pace. So on a pace, but I'm going to finish way later. I'm right. going to finish my games limit way later in the season. Right. Um. So. What are we talking about? I don't know. What are we talking about, Danny? We're talking about games limits and pos- games limits. How we get to games limits? Oh, we were talking about how many players were available. In this, because so, oh right, yeah. Because in the draft, and it's fun. I mean, that's the thing is, the fun part about the league, and we talked about participating, like knowing who Alexi Gondo is, knowing Curtis Granderson the moment he gets called up, right? Is building, um, right? Building is is fun to have those prospects because yeah. you feel like a sense of ownership, right? You know, and so like now it's like if you have Jerks and Profar, if you have Manny Manny Machado. Right. right, you get to dream on them as if they were yours. As if they were yours. And right. you get to experience them in a way that you would not normally in a different league. And you get to have the pleasure when they're called up 
and you know, and if they're great, you get to have the pleasure of saying like, I invested in Jerickson Profar. Right. Like not just, and not just I thought he was going to be okay. Like that was a choice I made, and I showed the other nineteen guys in the league. Well, yeah, and what I know about prospects. and you're sacrificing a roster, and you're also sacrificing a roster spot too. Like so in, the, real, in the meantime, so it's a real investment. It's a real investment. It's like as if like as if you're sort of taking up when you add a guy to a forty man or something like that. You're sort of you're making a, a major league team is making an investment in that person right at that point just, just by virtue of giving them that just that giving yeah giving them the front forty man right so so yeah you so you have the pleasure of like attaching yourself to that minor leaguer to that prospect right but, what, what I think what people don't do enough of is taking pleasure in trading their prospects trading for actual major league players for major league or or actually accruing points. Like the guy, I think that a lot of the owners in our league tend to have this idea. It's like there's going to be one year in the future when all of this is going to come together, right? When all which, these prospects, but guess which what? is something that I used to, which is something that I used to play for a yeah. little bit, yeah. And then I just totally gave up on that. But well, you, you, you surely need to invest, but especially for pitchers. So, for example, someone in our league just picked up, and I just picked up an auto new, which is the Fangraphs league, right? Um, I just picked up Daniel Straley. Yeah. Three months ago, who the hell's Daniel Straley? Sure. Well, I mean, even maybe less than that. Daniel Straley now is probably one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. Right. And it, the, top, it, the top pitchers not pitching in the major leagues. Or a guy who's not owned a big a big riser. Mm-hmm. And like that's the other thing with the with the league is that there's uh, there's an there's people draft prospects in the draft. Yeah. But it's such an arbitrary endpoint in terms of the the. What life of the prospect? Right, right. Yeah, like I don't. I I drafted probably a couple prospects my first year, and after that, I was just kind of like, I'm not going to do that anymore because there's a whole baseball season that's about to happen right. where people's stocks, where prospects' stocks, fall or rise. And, right, and those guys tend to be readily available. But like, it's also the same thing, like with last year. Paul, who knew about Paul Goldschmidt? Right. You know, and you would have never. You know, even all of the guys. Who were drafting prospects, um, you know, dur- during taking prospects during the draft, zero of them would have taken B- Paul, Paul Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt right. last draft, and yet he was probably one of the most effective players to be called up during the season. Yeah. Same thing with Ruby De La Rosa for when, when he was pitching. Sure. Or yeah, and like I think that's, um, you know, that's the nice thing about about doing it about, but not having a waiver system where. You can you can just sort of jump on guys, and then right because what the waiver figure, figuratively does, right you just don't you don't want to yeah because you, you don't want to cost they would be able to throw you off pretty easily yeah they probably kick you out of the stadium and you would also get arrested yeah you'd get arrested yeah it's yeah. not don't jump don't you jump. can jump on the use the opportunity to readily pick up prospects that are rising you know? right and that's the thing you don't have to because if you waiver a guy if you if you put a guy on waiver wires and for two days everyone else in your league sees him. Then they then they're gonna go. Then they go look them up. Go look them, yeah. and it immediately raises that player's sort of uh, the intrigue surrounding a player. That player's you know prestige, I guess. If sure. he's been if he's been uh, selected for you know in auto know it's an auction. And I like the auto system quite a bit actually. But you know I get worried. Like the other day I had Daniel Straley. I put him up. You just put him up, right? I put him up. Put him up for auction. And, and by virtue of doing that, you immediately put like a one dollar bid on him. Right. That that's like part and parcel of it. Uh-huh. But. But yeah, and now I'm like, and, and then as soon as you do that, though, everyone says, oh, Daniel Straley. Who's Daniel Straley? Now, if you didn't know who Daniel Straley was, 
before you go put it for auction. And then you click on this player page, you're probably going to bid on Daniel Straley. Yeah, you're just going to, and you get a, you get sort of a fantasy boner. I bet I'll let it, oh, I'm not, Why did you I'm say not supposed to say that. Say, no, just don't say, just say the word boner. You could say it. Boner? Yeah, you could say that word. Oh, why, yeah. Why, why, why would I say that? Why would you? Because it's, uh, it's arousing in a nerdy, nerdy way. Anyway, Daniel Straley's good. Yeah. Daniel Straley's not only good, he also looks... Uh, it looks like he has stuff to back it up. Right. <clears throat> the, the the problematic thing was I find in Sneeze is that everybody's inv- all the guys that are going to win, that are trying to win right now, yeah. are fully invested, and so they don't really have trade chips. They probably don't have trade chips unless you have like a player. So for example, right now on my team, I have Michael Brantley. Right. right? Michael Brantley is not a superstar. But Michael Brantley is an above-average outfielder. In our in our league, there's a center field. There's also there's a center, a center field. A slot. center field. Right. Two center field slots. So he's like, basically a second center fielder. Yeah, he's. So yeah, but he's rosterable. And he's young. And he's still. he's seven, so he has some value. He's got two years left. Right after this the, year. But I guess the question is, so I and in, in theory or at some level on the contending team, close to contention. Um, but that's rare, I guess. Is that is that a team will have a player who's both worthy of rosterability and young? A team that's contending will have that. Yeah, and I think I think maybe um, it's worth it to hold on to some of your because basically, what some players try to do in the league is to trade off their young guys at the beginning of the year for draft picks, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes players try to sell out a little bit too much for older guys mm-hmm. that may or may not work out and then you don't have any assets during the year. Oh right. So yeah, you do because, it immediately. Yeah, so I think I think sometimes I think especially with young major leaguers it might be a better a better strategy to just kind of hold on to them mm-hmm. till mid-season. Till mid-season and then you can make moves with guys that have maybe maybe tried to win and it didn't work out. Like I'd be willing to trade some of my Old guys, right now, if somebody would give for Michael me Michael Brantley. No, not from. Not, I don't, you don't, I've already well, you got, don't like. You don't like Michael Brantley. I do not like Michael Brantley. I already have two center fielders that I like more. What do I, you have? I have Cespedes and Dexter Fowler. You like Dexter Fowler more? Is he young? Yeah, he's an eighty-six. He's an eighty-six. Yeah, so I have him for one more year. What's he year. doing this year? He's he's doing well. He's still striking out a lot, but he's hitting at home. I like his park. I like his park. Yeah, it's, it's good a nice park. park. Yeah, it's, I like his league. What do you think about Daniel Straley's park? That's really nice. It's a really nice park. What a what a player. That's 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 why I don't have him in sneeze. I just, like I said, I just got him in auto new though for three dollars. Uh, I was willing to spend four on. I, I, I hear I hear you tooting your own horn. Yeah, that's Is my that horn. You're doing? That's yeah. my horn. I'm more than tooting it. <laughs> groping it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can say that, but I can't. Groping is groping is not a, a coarse word, like like that word you said. Okay, go ahead. I'm just gonna let you have. Daniel Australia is that guy though that I'm thinking about. Yeah, and uh, I did get actually. Well, yeah, and like, and in under normal circumstances, I don't know what year it was. He like an '88 or an '87 or something like that. Australia? Yeah, I know he's a college guy, so I don't. I'm not sure what year he is. Yeah. But under normal circumstances, and what I, what I've noticed that you've done in the past is as soon as they got called up, Me- immediately, immediately trade them. Oh yeah, well there's that too. Or if it's a guy that you never heard of before, you. you Pick up you. And maybe waited. Made you a, pick a him up. He's called too. up. Way to start. If he does well, it's something that you did with like Brandon Beachy, like a yes, couple years ago. Yes, I traded ago. Brandon. Yeah, I traded Brandon Beachy. Brandon yeah. Beachy. No one. 
there's no reason to have heard of him beforehand. He wasn't in BA's top whatever. Uh, had a couple of good starts. Look at his numbers. Uh, look at his minor league numbers. That's a good player. He's young. Pick up Brandon Beachy. Couple more starts. Trade him. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe get him at the end of the season. He has like a September call up. Yeah. And that's another thing to well, mind. Well, that's something that I did too. Is yeah. the the day before the season end, ended last year, Arenado, Nolan Arenado was still a uh, still available. Still available. Right. So I just picked him up the last second to last day of the year right. off the waivers, and I got a second round pick for him this in the draft this year. Right. So and that's and that's actually another interesting strategy, and I'm going to do this in honor too, and I could speak freely about this because none of the none of the jerks in the FanGraphs staff they don't really listen listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm going to. I have Carlos Santana signed for like 32 or 36. Not, definitely not a keeper at that level. He's good. I like. Then you have Santana. to pay him more too, right? Infl- yeah, he has like an inflation, two dollar inflation. Yeah. I like a pay him. Plus, I also have like Ryan Doom at three, and Ryan Doom it's fine for a catcher, especially three or five or whatever. Yeah, he's not. Santana's not uh, that many standard deviations above an average catcher. Yeah. To, well, not to today. He's much. not. I really like Carlos Santana, but yeah. I just I'm not sure he's worth the money. So what I'm going to do is. Week before the season ends, regardless of where, because I think I'm probably going to win out of this league or at least finish second. Week before the season ends, I'm going to drop him, and then I'm just going to, with that all the money that's left over, whatever it's going to be like eighteen dollars because you get half the price back. Boom, prospects. I'm just going to invest in prospects. Start like ten auctions that week, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't need your players to go in the next season. If you think your players are overpriced, get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. That last season, I'm going to be very active. That last week of the season. Right. Yeah, and it's the same thing you can do with sneeze. I mean, that's a. I don't know that I've seen that discussed with great frequency before, but those end of the season picks where you could take advantage of, of prospects who had good seasons, um, who whose stock is looking up going into the next yeah. season. Absolutely. Just pick them all up. Just you pick know, them all up. Especially if there's no rule keeping you against it, you're going to get to keep them all for. You know, in the case of Arno, you probably get them all for a dollar or two. In the case of our sneeze league, you know, for free, you keep right. it for free. Well, and I think there's 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 a there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of focus put on top 100 lists and mm-hmm. top 50 lists. Uh, but those of, things change. Of prospects, yeah, they change every day. Yeah, they they honestly change every. Like I if mean, you were to actually like ask the guys at Baseball America or ask Mark Hewlett mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah, who. That his prospects would change, you know, right. semi-weekly. Right. Now, and that's the thing. It's like Nolan Arenado is a great case. Now, he has not had the best 2012, I guess. Right. But he was a He's really exciting prospect by the end of last year. Yeah, like after his Arizona Fall League, I'm just like, oh, man, that's going to be a number yeah. one, that's going to be a number uh, first or second round draft pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what, what's wrong with Arenado this year? What's he doing? Like, well, his power, like, there's no, there's no power, right? No power. Is he still making a lot of contact? I don't know. I assumed he would be the third. I stopped paying attention to him. Why would I pay attention to him anymore? Yeah, he's on your team. Yeah, I assumed that he. Would I mean, I, you know, like I care. I, I'm interested in prospects. Obviously. I assumed that but he would be the Rockies' third baseman by mid. By this point, yeah, yeah. Or that somehow, well, I think that I think that's kind of like how the organization was going. Right, right. Well, they had what Casey Blake and. Well, they still had Ian what, Chris, Stewart. Chris Nelson. They still had Ian Stewart. Chris Nelson. No, they traded Ian Stewart. At, I think they. No, they traded him like the first week or two of the season, didn't they? No. Before well, that? in the offseason. The offseason, right. Yeah. So it was Casey Blake and then Chris, Chris Nelson. Nelson. Jordan Pacheco? Yeah. Pacheco? Uh, maybe... So Jose in, Lopez? in other words, no one. And Jose Lopez. Right. Or, but Jose Lopez ended up in Cleveland. He's with Cleveland now. The point was that it was not... It was clearly like placeholders. Yeah, they're saving a spot for him. Right. And then he didn't... Apparently he just didn't win it. Right. And like, and I think that's something that you can... 
you know, especially when guys like that are that close to the, seemingly that close to the majors, that yeah. just inflates their, yeah. inflates their value. All right, Dan, listen. I think we should get off prospects. Well, maybe we should get off the, the podcast. We've already, we're like 50 minutes in. We're done with our, we don't have any, we don't have any content here. We're, no, we're, no looking, we're looking around this table. There's no content. There's, there's no content on this podcast. There's, there's beautiful sky. I keep bumping the table. You do. Yeah, real problem. Never going to be a guest again. That's anyway, okay. that's been nice. Danny, it's been nice having you on the podcast. You made my life easier for doing it. We got to enjoy the outside. Is, are you shaking my hand? No, no I'm just looking at you. Just looking. <laughs> i got my hand extended, pointing uh, at you. I forgot your... It doesn't play on the radio, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Neither does your face. Danny has a giant boil on the side of his face. <laughs> I do have a scab from a wiffle ball. You do ball, actually have a little scab. From a wiffle ball injury. What, what happened? Did it hit you in the head? No, I fell down to try to make a play. Hit rock or something? No, I think it's like a rug burn. I think it's like a floor burn, but on my face from, like, my, maybe my cap oh. or the grass. Was, really? I was playing in dry grass. Oh, dry grass, huh? Yeah, Danny, we should... Portland, should, Oregon. Should be noted, plays in the uh, very robust... Very robust CCWA. Yeah. Wiffle Ball League. Mm. All right, let's get off. The, let's stop podcasting ourselves. Do you think that's going to be anywhere near enough this content? Nah, whatever. All right. Uh, that's been my friend Danny Wojtek. Danny, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, that's Danny Wojtek, my friend. Uh, I'm Garson Sestouli. This has been the Fantasy Friday edition of Fangraphs Audio.